Is Warhammer 40K's Emperor a hero or a villain? What can Warhammer 40K teach us about military coups and how to avoid them? Will I be convinced that I'm wrong about something? The answer to the last question is absolutely not, but answers for the other questions and many others coming up on Social Science Fiction. You're listening to Social Science Fiction, a podcast that blends political science and nerd culture, examining the politics of science fiction and fantasy. So today we are talking Warhammer 40,000, the politics of Warhammer 40k. And so this is kind of a continuation of an episode of the Dorkweb podcast that I was recently a guest on. And I'm joined today by the host of the Dorkweb podcast and founder and self-proclaimed big cheese of the Dorkweb.net. John Lokiato, thanks for uh, being here today. Hello, happy to be here. I am the self-proclaimed big cheese and happy to be munching on cheese when it doesn't upset my stomach. But yeah, this is a swanky recording area that we're in. So let's do it, man. Yes, we're in, we're in the very swanky, stylish recording studio that is the tiny little office in my tiny little apartment in Waltham, Massachusetts. So I am very thrilled to have you here. You are kind of my go-to expert for Warhammer 40k. And when I decided I wanted to do an episode talking about the politics of Warhammer, I knew I had to have you on to walk me through the lore and the factions and so on. And we kind of started this by me showing up on your podcast. Yes. Where we began a debate about the Emperor of Mankind, kind of this central figure in the Warhammer 40k universe. And we got to kind of play out this ongoing debate we've been having probably for years about years. about the Emperor and whether or not he's a good guy. And so if you're a listener to my podcast and you're just joining us now, I encourage you Check out the Dork Web podcast. Go listen to that episode. I assume it's titled probably Warhammer 40k lore politics something or other. Guess, we'll figure it out. Yeah, it, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. And we'll ins- we'll insert that later. Hi, this is Future Steve. Just jumping in to say that the episode is titled Politics and Lorehammer. Check it out. I now return you to your regularly scheduled program. Yeah. But, but find that that episode on the Dork Web podcast, and that'll give you some background about what we're talking about today. Check that out, and we will be continuing that debate today. Is the Emperor a good guy, a necessary evil, or, as I say, is he just an incompetent scumbag? We're going to be talking about that, and... Once we're done with that, if we have time, I also want to talk about all the factions of Warhammer 40k, what their politics are. I'm, I'm kind of hoping, I guess, to find somebody to root for in this horrible, grimdark setting. So that's where we're at, and we are continuing the discussion. And I think we left off last time. We're at the point where humanity is in this horrible dark age you yep. know they they reach the pinnacle of yeah. social and technological advancement you you compare them to the federation in star trek yeah they they were the federation for a period of time 
Right. And and so at humanity's height, we basically, you know, experienced this horrible fall. And we talked about this a little bit last time. My understanding is basically some Eldar have an orgy and all hell literally breaks loose. And apparently along with other stuff, there's thinking machines. Yeah, uh, it's a... Uh... It's a big, complicated issue, but knowing that the Eldar space elves are having sex on levels that we haven't seen since the second Matrix movie, uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean that happens, but yes, simultaneous to this, Terminator is happening, and any sci-fi movie where demons are in space, that's also happening. I... I- I almost want to ask for for details about this, but I'm I'm still holding on to the idea that this might be a family-friendly show, so I'm going to restrain myself for now and not ask for details on the Eldar uh, space orgy. Uh, sure. But, but su- suffice to say, it it opens up a rift to horrible uh, the the warp, the horrible demon dimension, and that on top of a whole bunch of other problems brings about the the downfall of this great progressive technologically advanced human empire and so now here enter the emperor who has been with- supposedly just chilling watching right right smoking. Through, right so he's been with us for millennia through all of this he's just kind of been watching and and we, we don't know what he's doing and there's there's myths and legends and conflicting accounts but now he apparently decides i'm going to take over he's gonna step in right and one can ask why he didn't step in sooner if he's so powerful and can see all this stuff coming why didn't he maybe try to help to save humanity from this downfall why let everything fall apart my theory is that he he wanted a, a crisis like this because great dictators always arise out of some horrible crisis and this is the point where he could he knew he could take power not simply guide humanity as a helper as you know a member of some kind of galactic government but you know he's going to let this crisis knock humanity down and then he can take total control himself that's that's my theory for for what happens but at any rate he takes power and now what does he do or what does he do to take power? And what does he do after that? Yeah, so as we briefly mentioned, Earth is basically one planet of escape from New York at this <laughs> point. So games I like, workshops... I like, that you didn't, I like that you didn't go to the generic everyone uses Mad Max. No, you, you no. went You went for a different post-apocalyptic yeah. wasteland. It's scarier than Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there's remnants of technology. Right. Uh, and I guess Mad Max has that too. But basically at this point, the Emperor decides, and again, GW's words, not mine. That, G- GW uh, Games Workshop. Games the Workshop. Developers of the, the game and the lore. Yeah. Yes. You know, he decides techno-barbarians, which have started controlling the planet with their varying tribes and small-scale war and all that sort of stuff. He decides... The techno-barbarians need to be taken care of. So he creates a force to to fight them. These, in short, are known as the Thunder Warriors. And they're kind of like the prototype to space marines that people are pretty familiar with in the Warhammer 40k setting. Some additional info on this side is the Thunder Warriors didn't come from nothing. 
So a lot of times he made deals with some of the techno-barbarian warlords or criminals or just generally tough, big, dangerous people. And then through gene therapy and surgery and implants and technology, he made them into these bigger than your average human, but not as big as a space marine and all around scary. Okay, so we got an Earth that's kind of Somalia. It's just a failed state. It's just totally. there's there's no real central government controlling anything, keeping anybody in line. You've just got a bunch of competing warlords. You call them techno-barbarians. Techno-barbarians. Yes, yeah. which is a great and terrifying term. Techno-barbarian warlords all fighting each other probably for their little piece of like territory. Like bombed out apartment building complex with one potted plant. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and that's valuable. Right. And, and so the, the emperor, rather than fight all these guys, let's put them on the payroll. Let's bring them onto our side. So he goes the to them. The ones who could be reasoned with. Yeah. Right. So you go, to the, you go to the ones that are somewhat reasonable and, hey, you can keep fighting for your little piece of what used to be New York. Or you can sign on with me and you got to take orders from me. But now I'll let you conquer the whole eastern seaboard or something like that. And so, yeah, promises them weapons and support and so on as long as they fight for him. And those become the Thunder Warriors, and those are his kind of prototype of what will become the Space Marines. Mm -hmm. Got it. And so these guys conquer Earth. Yeah, and obviously after this, they are rewarded with what all good soldiers deserve, which is a nice little monthly check and their own property and discounts for insurance. Right, nice nice pensions, yeah. good good healthcare that is never mismanaged. Right. Yeah. No. So no. they they don't they don't get any of that. They they don't make it out alive. Long story short, the emperor does away with them when he gets a new toy. So there's a little bit of some vague history, but there's a period of time between the Emperor taking back Earth and putting his plan into play at large and getting rid of the Thunder Warriors. But during this time, he travels in and out of the warp. He's looking at paths of the future and history and trying to find the best possible course for humanity. But coming out of this experience, he knows the secret of creating life and doing it successfully. And that's not to say that he waves his hand and Space Marine grows out of the ground, but he knows on the DNA level how to manipulate science to make a race of people that he wants to be the, I guess what you could call, stewards and protectors of humanity. Gotcha. And these will become the Primarchs. Yes. Which will become the Space Marines. Yes. And that process, you have 20 Primarchs at the start. Each Primarchs are like baby clones or like clone <laughs> babies of the Emperor. Uh, so they're both genetically his son, but also a clone. And then from these guys, because they each have their own genetic specialties and things that they're genetically bred to be good at, these genes are then treated and injected at large to the, you know, waves and waves of forces of just stock space marine and that kind of gives them the flavor of their primark and that forms up a space marine chapter and all the unique traits and aspects that go along with them gotcha so he's got the thunder warriors conquers earth with them kills them off 
and yep. then and then starts starts to create Thunder Warriors 2.0, the the Primarchs and the Space Marines. So the the first thing I got to ask why why does he kill off these guys that that fought for him? This seems like more support for my he's kind of a jerk yeah. and a horrible dictator thesis. Yeah. It's one of the few pieces of history about the emperor that is both in the public eye and not favorable to the emperor i guess maybe looking at this a little bit more meta so in the public eye meaning within the warhammer 40k universe the average citizen of the imperium no. is aware of the story oh okay. no but there are a couple of people in the imperium who know this very few now in the 41st millennium but as of the Horus Heresy around 31M. There's a couple people who know about this. But as far as readers go, and knowing Games Workshop's ability to write something and then immediately write something else <laughs> that is a converse take on the same exact issue, this is one of those things where like, we know pretty much without a doubt that happened. The thing that's missing is what the Thunder Warriors were like. Were they rebellious? Were they good to people? Were they bad to people? And there's some evidence that says they couldn't be controlled. They were still just barbarian warlords. They were pillaging, doing all the things you don't want troops doing to the people. Gotcha. And, and this, is, this is something that, that comes up in... I think in sci-fi a lot, the idea of the soldier as the warrior who's just not not fit to live in peaceful society, and they're, oh, yeah. they're cast aside. I, I I remember they they did an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation where something similar happens, where they Picard and the crew go to a planet that's totally peaceful after decades of horrible warfare between the various countries on the planet and then they're going to admit them into the the federation and then discover that their dirty little secret is all the soldiers that they had to fight these wars they used to kind of restore order to the planet they've been shipped off to some colony on their moon and they're basically live in a open air prison where they're not allowed to leave because well these guys were trained for war and now we can't let them back into normal society so this is something that I think sci-fi deals with sometimes the idea that once the war is over, how do you deal with the people who were shaped by that conflict and the or created or, in this, yeah, you know, right. And the emperor's solution is apparently we'll just, we'll just kill them. Yeah. <laughs> this idea comes up a lot in Warhammer and it's one of the main factors that catalyzes the Horus heresy, which is the next big right. thing we're going to talk and about. We'll, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So suffice to say, this is a theme that's going to play throughout the Warhammer lore. So, okay, we've got reunification of Earth, destruction of the Thunder Warriors, and now the Emperor is creating his new class of warriors, the Space Marines. And so what happens here? What's he going to do with them? And something so, apparently goes wrong along yeah. the way. And I, and I, I got to say, for a guy that's supposed to be super smart and powerful and also apparently saw all these various versions of the future a lot of things seem to slip by him a lot of things seem to go wrong well <laughs> hey it's like the old well it's not really an old proverb but you can go to the same restaurant a hundred times but if you go there once and the food's bad you'll remember it i'm going to make that a proverb now yeah, yeah. you're just gonna find the right one yep yeah. Yeah. yeah so with the primarchs he had a plan originally that each Primarch would 
adapt to have a perfect place in the Imperium. Magnus, the most psychically adept of all the Primarchs, he was supposed to help the Emperor power that machine that the Emperor was secretly working on that we'll probably touch on. Mm -hmm. Um, Russ of the Space Wolves, he was supposed to be kind of like the order keeper. It's almost like the, the police type of deal. The Raven Guard were supposed to implement strategy and tactics for war in the future, stuff like that. Basically, each faction of Space Marines, their Primarch, their baby clone of the Emperor, had a place in society. A place in society, meaning post-war. Yes. Gotcha. So, So this is the Emperor presumably planning ahead this time a little bit. And saying, okay, I want war to one day be over. Yes. If that happens, what is going to be the place for all my warriors in this new society? And so that's part of the plan where... Part of each, their creation. Right. So, yes. each, so each Primarch gets some of the strength of the Emperor, and then each Primarch also is supposed to get a special trait of his. One, one mm-hmm. gets his cleverness, and one gets... One's a in, great architect, yeah, one, one's a great machinist. One gets his psychic powers. Yes. This, this all sounded like very very much like Greek mythology or something, too. I can't it, think of the exact thing, parallels. but there's, but there's yeah. a lot of, oh, you know, the, this god imparts some piece of his skill to somebody so okay so each primarch gets a little piece of the one of the emperor's talents and then that gets passed on to the space marines that come from them yes and so this is going to give each of these primarchs and each of these groups of space marines an edge in battle and also give them some kind of role that they could play outside of war when the wars end that's the idea okay all right, so the Emperor, at least trying to think of what the world will look like, what the galaxy will look like after war is over, presumably creating a place for his soldiers after that. Got it. So what goes wrong? Yeah, so in the process of making these Primarchs, they're still floating in their stasis tanks. Something happens. Basically, a warp storm, which is something you normally would only see in space, breaks out in the room that the science room where they're all in the test tubes and stasis chambers yeah. uh and they're scattered to the primarchs the, four are, the primarchs are scattered yeah yeah presumably days or weeks before the emperor was done and they could be awoken and brought up to speed with imperial society and what you would say indoctrinated, what I would say not giving them caveman syndrome. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, I say indoctrinated, you say just education. Yeah. yeah. State-run, state-mandated, ideological education. Yes. Okay, yeah. right. that's a very nice way of saying it. Yes. Right. Gotcha. Okay, so they were going to be woken up, and you got then you got 20 of the, the, the toughest warriors ever created. And they're going to be raised by the Emperor, and they're going to go out and conquer the galaxy, right? They're going to conquer the galaxy, find all these various human settlements that's, that are on all these planets from the, the bright golden age. Kind of. of. The initial goal was just to reunite and reconnect with all of those civilizations. Right. But after this event, the Crusade expands tenfold 
because it's a crusade to find the Primarchs. Right. So, so this is the, the so the pro, so the plan is yeah we're gonna reunite humanity, conquer the galaxy, but evil forces of chaos open up a back door into the the science lab, steal all these Primarchs, and for some reason they don't kill them, they throw them out into the the galaxy. Yeah. So there is kind of a reason. And it's not the demons with a plan. I want to reach out physically and steal them away because they can't. They're not physical creatures. It's I want to create a disturbance that buys us more time. Gotcha. So this is these demons playing the long game. Yes. Like we're gonna we're not gonna kill these Primarchs. We're gonna you know we're gonna take them and scatter them across the galaxy and hopefully sow the seeds for some other problem where these Primarchs are themselves are going to be the undoing yes. of the... Which, the appa- which is apparently what almost happens. Yes. The demons know alone the Emperor could defeat pretty much all of them, all the Archdemons. But the Emperor cannot defeat all of the Archdemons, empowering half of his Space Marines force and half of the Primarchs. Gotcha. Yeah. So they scatter the Primarchs, and now the Emperor, he can still apparently create space marines. He's got, like, the DNA of all the, but, the Primarchs, but he doesn't yes. have them. So he creates, he still follows through on the plan to create the space marines. But now it's, okay, these space marines are going to go out and, re- and conquer the galaxy, reunify humanity. But also, we got to find the friggin' Primarchs who are out there somewhere. Yes. And this is the time frame known as the Great Crusade. During this, the Emperor, he's already treated his Space Marines with their Primarchs Gene Seed. So they are already inheritors of the Primarchs skills, abilities, traits, but they don't know him. So it's kind of this 20 legions voyage for father. And then as soon as they find them and meet them, there's like an instant connection because it's like you're the family that I've been looking for my whole life. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, there's there's very like almost Freudian vibes here where there's weird family connections yeah. and it's all subconscious and so on. And male driven. Yeah, 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 and there's yeah, there's a lot of hyper masculine yeah. st- stuff going on. Yeah, it's it's all yeah, Freud uh, Freud would get a kick out of all of this, I'm sure. Yeah. So that's the new plan and so the emperor with the space marines starts conquering the galaxy. And so again, here's here's my next point where the Emperor seems like just a horrible, ruthless dictator. He finds these planets that humans have colonized, and it's not just, oh, hey, we found you guys, you're our long-lost cousins. It's, oh, we found you guys, and now you're going to be part of my empire, and if you try to fight back, we're going to kill you. And also, there's a whole ideology and religion that's really just an atheist absence of religion, but it's still a very, you know, a deep ideological belief that we're going to impose on all of you. Fair? Yes, kind of. This is where the lines blur between stuff that was happening at the discretion of the Emperor and stuff that was happening by Space Marine Legions in the name of the Emperor. And I think you're familiar with Lorgar and yes, all of... Yes, and, and I think we talked about this a bit on your show. Yes, Lorgar is one of these Primarchs, and he apparently develops... 
uh, religious mania about the Emperor, where the Emperor is telling everybody, I'm not a god, I'm a person. We talked about last time, the Emperor, strident atheist, all religion is bogus, no one's allowed to be religious anymore, don't worship me, and don't worship anything else for that matter. But Lorgar decides, no, the Emperor is actually a god, and we're going to worship him, and we're going to tell all the people we conquer, you've got to worship him too. In addition to some pretty old-school belief and conversion methods. Right. I mean, we're, we're going full Spanish inqu Inquisition yes. here. People Killing non-believers. Yeah, people yeah. are going to be killed or tortured if they don't convert. Now, fine. We brought up that scenario, that story, last time. And so, yeah, the, the emperor has plausible deniability for that, the, the specific atrocities of Lorgar, and it's the word bearers, right? Yes. That's the that's his yes. his team of space. But ones. okay. And this may feed into what you're gonna say next. Yeah. I'm um, sure you're anticipating my, my objection, yes. Part of the structure of a space marine army is a chaplain, and many chaplains spend time cutting their teeth, doing their training with the word bearers, who is essentially a chapter that produces the best chaplains for right. obvious reasons and so each chapter has at least one chaplain who the emperor realistically can't account for his actions or what he's doing to the rest of the legion right gotcha and so i mean my criticisms of the emperor here are one he's got a whole chapter of space marines out there doing horrible things in his name and he apparently doesn't know about it or isn't bothered to fix it until it's gotten to the point where they've yeah, converted he, he doesn't like know dozens about of it. planets. He doesn't know about it initially. And then once he does, he kind of talks to them about it. And is like, this isn't okay. You know what you got to do. And then keeps an eye on them and actually sees firsthand or through reports sees firsthand what's happening and then he brings down the punishment hammer which we talked about that last time right and so again yeah the, it's the emperor at best he's incompetent here because he's not aware of what's happening and then he lets it apparently go on a little longer and then when it's finally gotten too much he ends up killing a lot of innocent people who had converted to this religion, right? Like, oh, looks like these planets are kind of screwed now. They bought into this religion that I don't want them to believe in, so I have to kill them now. I mean, I mean you gotta, you gotta, you gotta feel bad for the people on these planets. These space marines show up and believe what we tell you, or we're gonna, or we're gonna kill you. And a whole bunch of them die, and then the rest convert. And then you got the emperor showing up with more space marines. You believe this thing? We gotta kill you now. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you're a regular, it's a bad situation. If, if, if you're a regular person in Warhammer 40k, your 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 life is just horrible. No matter what, it, it seems you can you can try to back the the right horse, but next week that might change. Yeah, uh, it, it's, especially during this time. Yeah, it's it's all very bleak and depressing. So anyway, yeah, I mean the emperor does all this stuff. He kills a lot of people in the the Lorgar ward bearer incident. But also, it sounds like he's running his own sort of inquisition. It's just an atheist inquisition. I mean, he shows up on his his loyal space marines that are doing it the way he wants are showing up on planets and they're not trying to convert people to the worship of the emperor but they're also saying you've got to stop believing in anything and believe in 
atheism and the emperor is awesome and the imperium is great and if you don't believe that we're gonna kill you so the emperor does it does bear responsibility not, for that yeah not killing not people are killed in this process only by the overzealous the emperor's orders were never kill non-believers it's they don't have to believe but I'm going to take away the physical things that they need to practice their religion. So he's not forcing non-religion or death. He's saying, you do whatever you want, but you can't openly practice religion, essentially. And he's not, he's not killing people. It's more of like a... <laughs> I know it sounds like I'm splitting hairs, but it's intentional this type of conversation because well, there uh, are uh, legions who are killing people and there's you know this misinformation war and the emperor's basically going that far without killing by taking away you know their essential right to have a religion right I, i'm yeah. trying to, i'm trying to think of perils to this and i mean i gotta be honest the word that keeps coming to my mind is cultural genocide i mean that that is basically what it is it's yeah. it's a dictator saying don't worry we're not we're not actually trying to wipe out this this group of people, but it is them saying we are going to eliminate every vestige of their culture, their be their belief system. Religion. Uh, well, I mean, religion is a significant is, part of uh, people's culture. Alternate to this, factions like the Ultramarines, they were inspired by all of the planets that they brought back into the Imperium, and that is the adopted architecture, social structure of the people that they found. And we're like, hey, you do a great, no religion, but we like everything else. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I suspect a lot of people would also call that cultural appropriation. Yes. And, ta and take issue with that as well. You have people going in saying, we're going to impose our culture on you, at least aspects of our culture, and then we're going to take the parts of your culture that we like and use them for ourselves. Right, uh, but, and this may not change anything but it's important. The Imperium this time wasn't flying by, planting a flag, and leaving. They were going to these planets with technology, living there, building them up. So like the Ultramarines, for example, they took the ugliest moon, the ugliest planet, and built the capital there. And like the Ultramarines were like, hey, here's a shining gem, the next moon over. We're all in this system and like we're gonna control it and protect it, but it doesn't have to be a fight because we're just people. So, yeah. I mean, what you're describing is, is it's colonialism. Oh, yeah. It's never a doubt that that's what it is. I know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the point <laughs> that I guess I wanna stress is because there are legions who were doing this in a much less friendly and political way. It wasn't going in and having somebody convince you that things are going to be better for everyone. It was things are going to be worse for you, but this is the only way or death. And I do think because... Both of those things were happening at the same time, and written history isn't clear enough on who's doing what and when. I think some of the bad reputation rubs off. 
But, you know, I get it. They're all one organization at this time. Right. And, and I, I'm still having trouble accepting the idea that the good guys were that good. Because it's still, it's still colonialism. It's still, we're going to impose our rule, our customs, our values on you. And you don't have any choice. And you can say, well, they didn't kill anybody. But it's, we're going to take over. And if you try to resist, you get, you get killed, right? I don't fair, know. Fair? I don't... Well, well, I mean, forget specifics of lore, what's mentioned. Realistically... Space Marines land on some planet and say, we're taking over now. Don't worry, we don't want to kill anybody. We just want to take away your Bibles and your Korans and your churches and whatever and and rule you. But don't worry, we want, don't want to kill anybody. There are going to be people that say, screw this, we get to rule ourselves and they're going to take up arms and try to resist. And you start shooting at a Space Marine, presumably they're going to shoot back. Fair? Fair. So, I mean, it, I don't see how you can argue the Emperor isn't engaged in violent colonialism. He's creating circumstances where he knows violence is going to occur. There's no way violence doesn't occur. There's no way people don't violently resist in those circumstances. And he's given orders, you're going to impose this on them anyway. Fair? Fair. Okay. You're still backing this guy? Yes. Okay, okay. Let's keep going. Uh, okay. So this is the Great Crusade. He finds the Primarchs. He and I coloni- guess, he colonizes yeah. human beings throughout the galaxy. And one more point about yeah. the Great Crusade. For the most part, most people were happy and receptive <laughs> to be brought back into the Imperium because time had passed, but not so much time that they couldn't see the ruins of cities and vehicles and be like, man, shit was better. We weren't fighting tyranids every morning so that we could kill dog-sized spiders. And that's our food. Not every case, but (laughs) most. Gotcha. I mean, so you're you're making a a for-the-greater-good argument. Yes. Okay, so moving forward. So that's the Great Crusade. Reunifying humanity, one big galactic government for all humans, and then... Primarchs. And find the Primarchs. So the Primarchs are found. The galaxy is recolonized. We got basically all humans under one government, the rule of the Emperor. And then... And the, the Crusade still continues. Right. And so things are looking pretty good for the Emperor. He's got total control... So, with that, the Great Crusade continues. They're still trying to find all the worlds, reunite them. Um, By this point, all of the Primarchs are found. All of the chapters have their leader. And they're starting to go into battle on their own without the Emperor. At this point, a couple things happen. First, the... Emperor begins work on this big secret project, a machine. It's supposed to be his last gift to humanity. Simultaneously, he establishes a council known as the High Lords of Terra. And this is essentially a council meant to rule and make decisions and guide humanity and the Imperium and the Great Crusade in his absence while he's working on this machine. In addition to that, you also have Horace Lupercal, who is kind of the favored Primarch of the Emperor. He sees the most of himself in Horace 
And while he appoints the High Lords and retreats to Earth to work on this machine, he declares Horus War Master and tells Horus he has complete control in carrying out the crusade in the Emperor's name. And so a, a couple things here. We, we'll, we'll talk about the, the secret super machine in a second. That comes up later. But my understanding is he establishes the, this council, the High Lords of Terror that are kind of rule Earth or rule the Empire on his behalf when he's busy doing other things. And this kind of annoys the Space Marines because they don't get to have any representatives on the council. Right. Right. It's all all, nor- all, all normal men. all normal humans. Mm-hmm. Right. So this annoys them. And so this is interesting. It seems like the Emperor, again, is seeming to be a ruthless dictator, but also very, very clever. There's some recognition about establishing a clear distinction between military and civilian rule. You want healthy civil-military relations. You want a military where the culture of those in the military is, we're servants of the state. We aren't political actors. And that's what brings down a lot of governments when the military, when officers start to see themselves as having a role to play in politics. That's when, you know, you see military coups. The military all of a sudden steps in. We know things better. We are going to call the shots. You don't want the guys with guns to start thinking they have a right to rule. You want the guys with guns seeing themselves as servants of the people who rule. And the emperor seems eager to establish that. Like you, space marines, you're in charge of fighting the wars, and maybe you'll have a place in society after the wars are over, but you don't call the shots. You don't make governing decisions. You follow orders. And this is an important point to make because that exact thing happens. And because of all these events, a lot of Primarchs and even some just regular stock space marines start to lose a little bit of their faith in the Emperor and his divine plan. The idea being, in Horus's case specifically, he spent his life after the Emperor found him, what he considers, you know, the beginning of his life, fighting at the Emperor's side, in his mind, boot on the ground, sword in hand, doing physical, seeable, measurable work to better the Imperium, and then suddenly the Emperor disappears, this guy is no longer fighting, aside his father for his father's vision, he appoints people who are not him, the favored son, to be a council of rulers and decide what is right for the people of the Imperium. And then, without the Emperor there anymore, says, by the way, Horus, your war master. It's a nice, prestigious title, but in effect, I'm dumping this very subtle title of aggression on you so that me, the Emperor... I'm not necessarily viewed as Emperor the War Master with this aggressive kind of title after it, but also you are the inheritor of all of my problems, logistics, things that I was figuring out in making this crusade work. And yeah, I mean, long story short, Horus is wounded shortly after becoming War Master. And there's a big story with this that involves all sorts of planning and years of treachery and demon weapons, but he's essentially, yeah. Right, all kinds of chaos plans within plans within plans and secret schemes and double crosses and, yep, right. 
and, and this leads to what, what's called the Horus heresy, where yes. the, where Horus, who was the emperor's kind of second in command and took over as kind of commander in chief of the armed forces in the emperor's absence, it gets corrupted. He goes bad and decides I'm going to run the Imperium now and leads a rebellion against the emperor and manages to get like half of the army, half of the Primarchs and their space marines. And Mars. To join him. So this is the Horus Heresy, and it's the major defining event kind of of the Warhammer 40k universe, at least humanity's place in that in that universe. And so yeah, it what I'm what I'm taking from this is the Emperor seemed to see the threat that that was there over and over again in his actions, you know, killing the 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 Thunder Warriors and then keeping the, the space marines off the ruling council. He seems to recognize that the greatest threat to his rule is a rebellion of his armed forces. But he just doesn't really follow through on that. He, yeah, he gives um, them he keeps them out of government, but he really kind of fails to foster among them the idea that you're servants, you're not supposed to be ruling anybody. He doesn't seem to create that that culture you want. And seems to give them so much autonomy, right? He just get, tells Horus, go and do your thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems like almost inevitable that these that these superhumans under these circumstances would start to wonder why can't we call the shots, especially when the Emperor's not even friggin' there to mm-hmm. give them orders. So it, Yeah, the what you're talking about does happen, but it's too late. Essentially what you're talking about is the Codex Astartes, and that defines the Space Marine's place in the Imperium as a protector and servant. But these were nothing more than ideas mm-hmm. at the time that the Horus Heresy started. Gotcha. And it isn't until Horus is already corrupted but not revealed and is gaining his allies that this is attempted to be implemented on a wide scale. So the Codex Astartes, which is kind of this this law, this statement of beliefs for the Space Marines that says, you guys serve, you don't rule. This kind of codifies that principle, but it only it's only written after... Treachery. The, the whole, th- the everything goes bad. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, a lot of this is just a lesson in civil military relations. You want a healthy government, keep the military in line. Make sure the military recognizes that their place is to serve the people not to rule the people mm-hmm. and that's along with evil space demons and so on that's what goes wrong for for the imperium yeah i mean it's said that even without the interference of demons and what you know is called the ruinous powers there was a pretty good chance something like this could have happened anyway. Right. And it's Um, it's something that in the real world happens quite a lot. When I was reading up on the lore and refreshing my memory, something that stuck out to me is something called the Mornival develops within the Space Marines. Right. So Horus develops kind of this secret society within the Space Marines where like some of the high-ranking officers can get together and talk and socialize and share their own ideas. So that they're not outed by the troops. Right. Yeah. And, And that and that in the first thing that came to my mind was the, the the free officers in Egypt, the kind of secret organization of 
military officers in the Egyptian military that overthrew the monarchy. And all that sounds very similar. You have a situation where you have a monarch, you have a ruler trying to run the country, and you have a military where some officers start saying, maybe we can run things better. And a secret society develops, and then this secret society recruits more members, and before you know it, the military is taking power. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the horse heresy. Pretty much. Heresy and that basically and brings us to... 40K. Warhammer yeah. 40, 40K. There's literally 10,000 years of that. Yeah. So everything that comes after this, is, I guess, is not in the Emperor. But I'm still saying this guy seems like a horrible dictator and seems like he's really bad at being a dictator. His regime is destroyed because he couldn't control the people he put in charge. Last chance here. Convince me I'm wrong. What's your defense of the Emperor in what he does? How do you respond to my accusation he is at best incompetent, at mm. worst evil? Twofold. So first, at every turn, anything that could have went wrong did. So you got to look at it with that grain of salt. Second, and you know, I know I've brought this up to you before, out of all of the infinite possible possibilities that the emperor saw by looking at the future this was the only one where humanity wasn't outright exterminated and they had a fighting chance but i think mainly i don't think the emperor necessarily had a plan that could support the size of what he had but if he had smaller holdings i think I think everything would have worked and humanity would have went back to the golden age. The demons would have been plugged up because the machine would have been fixed. And the only threats humanity would have ever had to deal with were orcs, tyranids, possibly Eldar. But with our technology being what it was, I don't think they'd try to fight us. And maybe Tau. Second, second point. <laughs> I, think, I think we're on your third point now, but continue. Oh, oh, well, that was all one. Oh, that was okay. all one. Just giving best case scenario given the circumstances. Second point, there are a lot of people who prescribe to the idea that the emperor is a god of chaos, ah. but that he is a god of chaos of order. Interesting. So he's, he's like lawful chaotic evil. Yeah, so <laughs> it is his nature to impose lawful order and fight against disorder gotcha see that uh, that sounds way more plausible to me that he's this this evil being that wants to dominate and rule and bring order to chaos that seems plausible although i don't know if it's a defense of the emperor it seems like a good explanation for a lot of what he does so this is this is an actual theory in the the 40k universe it's something i've seen a lot in the community I don't think Games Workshop has ever acknowledged it, but why would you if it was right? Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's I. I kind of like that. That's that. That is an in interesting explanation for what he does. I like that. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you know, my final point, and this is always the point that I fall back on. Despite everything, if he was truly in it for himself, would have he made the ultimate sacrifice that he did? Gotcha. So interesting points. I remain unconvinced. I know, but we can, <laughs> but but we we've been having this debate for years, and we will we will continue on. For yes. now, I I think we both we both made our cases. Very tired of yeah, talking I, about the emperor. He was given a bad hand. 
Uh-huh, uh-huh. Every dictator in history was given a bad hand and yeah. was just doing his best. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, so that wraps that up. John, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you for allowing me to come on yours. I hope we get to do this again sometime. There are so many other sci-fi and fantasy nerd things that we both have in common and love to talk about. So I hope you'll be back again sometime. Totally. Awesome. Thank you so much. If people like what they hear and want to hear more from you or read more of what you have to say, where can they find you? Uh, you can find all of the podcasts that I do, The Dork Web, on thedorkweb.net. And you can follow us on Instagram at The Dork Web Podcast, where I do monthly giveaways for free games. So if you like free stuff, check it out. Awesome. Thanks so much. And I encourage listeners who aren't yet sick of arguing about the Emperor to get on social media or email and let me know, let us know what you think. Are we right? Are we wrong? Who's right? Who's wrong? Let us know. Tell him he's wrong. Don't do that. (laughs) Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Social Science Fiction. The conversation between John and I ran long, so I am going to be putting out a bonus episode later this week. We will continue the conversation about Warhammer 40k, get into the politics of the various factions. So look out for that later this week and a brand new episode covering a new topic coming next Tuesday. As always, you can reach me on Twitter at Social Sci-Fi Show, on Facebook at Social Science Fiction Podcast, now on Instagram at Social Sci-Fi, that's social under underscore sci underscore phi and you can email me at social science fiction show at gmail.com please let me know what i'm getting right and getting wrong i'm always open to new episode ideas love to hear from you thank you and see you next week